KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. In an industry afflicted by sequelitis, it's taken John Borman almost three decades to make the sequel to his classic Hope and Glory. But Queen and Country was worth the wait. Both films are autobiographical. The first one, released in 1987, was wonderfully funny and politically incorrect. The London Blitz during World War II, seen through the eyes of a young English boy, Bill Rowan, who just loves all the lethal excitement. The follow-up is about Bill's coming of age as an 18-year-old army conscript, during the early 1950s, a time when Great Britain, no longer a colonial power, is itself searching for purpose and direction. The teenage hero is played by Callum Turner with buoyancy and endearing expectancy. Taken together, these two films are the work of a man who had the good fortune to live a movie-worthy life when he was young and a filmmaker who's known how to turn his wonderful stories into worthy movies. John Borman is now 82. He's also directed such extraordinary films as Point Blank, Hell in the Pacific, Deliverance, Excalibur, and The Emerald Forest. Queen and Country is set in England at a time of domestic peace, so the pace is much more leisurely than hope and glory. But a brutal war is raging in Korea, and that's where the hero and his fellow recruits are told they'll go as soon as they finish commando training. Instead, Bill is assigned to teach newer recruits how to type. How to type like girls, one of them says. The strutting, screaming lunacy of life on an army base evokes movies as diverse as M.A.S.H. and Abbott and Costello's Buck Privates, but it finds its purest expression in the person of Sergeant Major Bradley. He's played by the great David Tulis, looking owlish in round, black-rimmed specks and sounding howlish as Bradley accuses Bill and his buddy Percy of breaking every rule in the Army's voluminous rulebook. All of this is entertaining, a military version of a middle school comedy in which students bait their hapless teacher mercilessly. But the essence of Borman's sequel is the tale of his surrogate's change and growth— the gleeful boy of hope and glory has become an ardent, quietly thoughtful young man who perceives the endless insanity of war and pursues for a delicious while the dulcet insanity of doomed love with a neurotic aristocrat he calls Ophelia. She gives the movie some perspective on the class system that puts her beyond, if not above, the uncommon commoner she chooses to call William. Not to worry, though, since Bill is on his way to a future that the boy he once was could never have imagined in his most fevered dreams. That future is foreshadowed by his new girlfriend, who's the opposite of neurotic, and his new movie camera, driven by a key-wound motor, which steals the last scene. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.